Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to season three of Supergirl TV Talk. I am Frank, and with me, as always, is my returning friend, Tim. Hello, I'm returning and moody, but I will only be moody for 43 minutes out of oh. this 44-minute episode. Oh, okay. Okay, that seems fair, oddly. Yeah. yeah. That's, so, yep, for sure, that seems fair. Cool, cool. Hey, it's been a while since we chatted. I know. know. Hi. So, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. The summer was kind to me. Was it kind to you? It was kind to me. Good. It was. Wasn't I'm, I'm too so hot, glad to hear the it. The sun was out. It yep. was nice. All things all things being equal, I think it was it was very it was very good. Sounds like a wonderful summer. I am glad to hear that, my friend. Indeed. Indeed. So can you tell me about some letters that we may have received um whilst uh, we were away? I can. I can indeed. Um very excited to to read you a couple of these because Supergirl is back. Um and we have some of the late breaking feedback uh from some of our listeners. Listeners like Angela, who wrote to us at Supergirl TV Talk at gmail.com. She was the first person to email us as soon as the premiere was over, and she said it was the best best one yet uh fired on all emotional cylinders um i agree we had our ups we had our downs we had all the range of emotions uh that we could ask for from uh, an episode like this one i was very very pleased with it tim what did you think i was very pleased with this episode yeah um i absolutely agree with that i I mean, we'll talk. Of course, we'll talk about the hmm. whole thing, but we'll get um, there. But on an emotional front, did you feel like it had the ups, it had the downs, I, and it? I think it had the ups and it da- the downs, and I think everybody, every main character, had an essential line to say. I think maybe except for Win, he was the only one that I thought kind of got shafted a little bit this episode. That's true. That was true. He um, was the butt of some jokes, but he didn't necessarily have the great lines this time around. True. He did. Well, no, he did his th- Win thing, but you know, like. But Alex had like Kara obviously had some emotional responsibility and and Alex and Maggie and John sure. and James and sure. Lena and James and uh, Wynn was also there, you know, and that was <laughs> Wynn was you know, also there. He didn't have he didn't have kind of the meat uh, that everybody else had this episode, which is not a terrible thing. You know, um, everybody everybody's this show is really good at character connectivity sure the reason why characters react to each other very particular way um and and when being that friendly fun comic relief friends you know with this what he could have said or brought to the table wouldn't have had as much emotional impact as alex or jean or anything like that so i didn't have a problem with it but you know, understanding why he was a little, a little backseat. Sure. This time around. Yeah, I get that. I get that. 
Yeah, there definitely was a lot of emotion from him. I guess we can we can get to his uh, his specific corner of the world in a, in a little bit. But uh, anyway, I want to thank Angela for that email for coming in. Uh, we are recording right after the premiere aired. It only finished airing about thirty minutes ago here on the uh, on the good old East Coast. So uh, that's the only email we've gotten so far. But I am very very curious to hear everyone's emails uh, on on the the subject of this first episode so far. So hit us up at SupergirlTVTalk at gmail and send us your feedback uh, and of course you can find us at tv supergirl on twitter if you want to send us feedback that way as well good you want to want to keep the train rolling and get right into that episode review my friend uh, oh i do i do because we were watching supergirl and we were watching season three and we were watching episode one called girl of steel directed by jesse warren or maybe jess warren j-e-s-s-e i want to say jesse jesse uh, um and i want to say it was it said IMDb is my is my go to when I when I write these things uh, down because I try to do the I try to do them ahead of time. Um, and it's a story by Andrew Kreisberg, you know, the the showrunner. Yep. Um, I it did not have at the time listed who wrote the episode. That's interesting. Um, it's because when you go to it's so when you go to um you know, season three, girls still don't even do it right now. Blah blah blah. So you're going to IMDb, and there's no there's no writer listed. That's for but but story by no, Andrew Kreisberg. It's, it's characters and creator and creator and creator and story by Andrew Kreisberg, but no particular writer this time around. And I didn't, and I already deleted it off of my DVR. So mm, so you could, not, you couldn't check that. I can't check it right now, yeah. but I will be sure to mention the writer next week. I have here, I have here, according to Wikipedia, a story by Andrew Kreisberg, teleplay by Robert Rovner and Caitlin Parrish. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. They've written a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of episodes. A bunch of Flash um, episodes, too, I feel like, Caitlin Parrish. Yes. Yeah. I think they actually got upgraded to um, producers okay, for the nice. season, if I, remember, if I remember correctly. So they've been around for a while. Okay, so we open in Canada. I mean, Krypton. Um, <laughs> Whole thing takes place in Canada. I know, I know, but I don't, Krypton looks a lot like looks a lot like Canada. It does, doesn't it? it? Yeah, it's beautiful, and Pretty. we get we get Kara in her nice clothes, and we get Monel in his nice clothes, and we get new Alora in her nice clothes. Everyone looks nice in their nice clothes. Everyone looks nice in their nice clothes. Nice clothes was it, warehouse. Was it jarring to you? to not see Lauren Benanti. I mean, we so we knew about it, right? We knew that yes. Laura Benanti was was going to be replaced this season with the wonderful Erica Durance. Um so we you know, so knowing that and having seen that shot of her in the trailers mm-hmm. and the, uh, you know the promos for the for the season, no, I wasn't thrown off by that. You know, I was I, I was thrown off at the initial idea of just recasting that character. We talked about it a little bit uh, on one of our summer episodes. Yep. Um but you know, it it's uh, these things happen from time to time. Uh, episode uh, characters get replaced, get uh, recast, and and that's where we are. I absolutely love Erica Durance uh, from from Smallville, and 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 happy to see that uh, now both Kara and Monel have moms who once played Lois Lane. So there's that. Oh, that is pretty awesome, <laughs> right? Actually, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that the show did a g- a great job. At establishing that that's supposed to be no, it did Allura. not. 
No, it did um, not. If if, if Laura Benanti were there, that that uh, execution would have made more sense because you'd be like, okay, there's Kara, there's Monel, there's her mom. But mm-hmm. having it not be Laura Benanti and having that be our introduction to uh, Erica Durant on the show is definitely going to be some confusing for people for people who don't already know who that is. Right, because you, you'd have to remember back from season one what her costume was hologram hologram mom i wonder if they are some for some reason counting on people to forget her face and remember the costume instead like i wonder if they think you know if we don't mention it people won't even notice well i mean that's that's true i mean people get recast all the time you know people they're a major character i know you don't watch game of thrones but um a semi-major character got recast on there from season you know one season to the next and you know no one's gonna be like hey you look slightly different than you did before you know they replaced um on even in the superman world they replaced uh jimmy uh olsen on the first season of lois and clark with second jimmy that's right you know seasons two through four so that's right yeah people get recast it happens it, it just, happens i don't think we've seen it a lot recently that's true uh you know normally you find people find more reasons to write the character off as opposed to just recasting them you don't see it too right like like um darren was recast on bewitched you know yeah famously yep yep famously yep and that was the jump the shark moment for bewitched we're here to talk about (laughs) famously yep supergirl however um (laughs) so we get all this we get all this krypton stuff but it turns out it was kind of a dream thing kind of a dream thing but we oh but then we get a really great 360 shot of Kara floating in the air as she's doing her super hearing thing a la superman yes. returns yes absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous shot uh it, it absolutely reminded me of that that moment where he's listening to to all the cries of for help down on earth yeah great yeah. callback oh it's awesome and it's yeah. and it's funny because then she goes right to this car chase sequence with Alex and Maggie and, and the police and uh, uh, a truck and all this. And there's a big Gatling gun on the back of the truck. Uh, and it's almost going to fire on Kara and Alex, just like there's a giant Gatling gun in Superman returns and he yes. flies right in front of it and stops it. It's the same. I don't, I don't think it was a homage to Superman returns. I think, you know, the I agree. Superman, like floating in the air or Supergirl floating in the air and listening is, you know, um, not a tale as old as time, but you understand um, what I mean. So, but I, the two, they, they lined up well, you know, I agree. Coincidentally. I agree. Yeah. I believe it was coincidentally, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Indeed. Um, so she does some, so Kara does some cool uh, truck stuff and the guy we learn as uh, learn to be blood sport runs away um, and Kara saves the little family and she flies off and Maggie makes mention that she doesn't even stop for an autograph anymore. Um, so it's telling you a lot about Kara's uh, place, uh, emotional state um, right at the beginning of the right at the beginning of the show. Um, I did like that. I did like that scene with um, Jean, Jean Wynn and, and Alex are talking about her and they're like, oh, she's Alex now. Yeah. It's like, hey, yeah. I am not that moody. And I'm like, well, well, well you kind of are. 
What do yeah. you think about that? Yeah, Al- yeah, Alex. Is- yes, a little bit. <laughs> That's yeah, the touch. I, I tended to agree. I tend to agree with them a touch. Yeah, quite quite a bit. So then, so then we we flash to what I actually think was one of the best scenes of this episode uh, was Morgan Edge. Yes. Yeah. Very cool introduction uh, for this character. Very. So we get we get Morgan Edge in a boardroom with what are clearly supposed to be the the most important players in National City. We only know two of them. We know Lena Luther and we know James Olson. Yep. Um, but because you know what their jobs are, you Correct. assume that everybody else in the room is rather important. Uh, and he's basically saying he wants to correct me if I'm wrong. He basically wants to tear tear down a bunch of tenement homes that that the poor live in to he wants to he wants to gentrify a neighborhood yes but 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 do it immorally i guess yeah he wants to he wants to basically take take from the poor and give to the and give to the wealthy and and build these kick kick all these um underprivileged people out of out of their homes not even underprivileged but but sort of working class people out of their homes um to make space for the wealthy um mm-hmm. and for sort of you know people who are who 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 don't live in the neighborhood right now and and yeah gentrify it to your point so um yeah not a not a nice guy Morgan Edge going going it's you know there's different takes on Morgan Edge in different um media you know there's there's mm-hmm. the comic book version of him uh from like the Infinite Crisis days um there's the Smallville version of him where he is just uh you know basically a mobster and a murderer and a drug dealer and everything else um there are there are a few different sort of angles on him do you like this particular angle so far yes so far yes it's it's different um than than what i'm used to and so far i am i am enjoying this this take on the character um it's not a character that i'm particularly um close to or you know have a lot of ex- uh, exposure well, that's good to because lot- he's pretty ruthless he's pretty ruthless flank i i, I would is. i would advise you not to be close to him yeah i i had that thought too in fact yeah when he wanted to take those people's homes away i was like oh i'm glad i didn't give my home to that guy that would be a yes, right bad Indeed. idea I didn't buy a mortgage from him or something. Quite a a mortgage. A Morgan Edge. A Morgan. Oh my God! That's edge. why they call them mortgages because his name is too long his to say Morgan every time. Morgan mortgages. Yep. Good. Anyway, um, so the this scene sets up a big power play between Lena and Morgan, which I really liked because Lena didn't really have an adversary last season necessarily. I mean, she had the Daxamites, certainly, um, and she had her mother, you know, and stuff like But, you know, like, this is Lena, the businesswoman, against, you know, like, your your family of your family adversaries are different than, um, pers- you know, like, personal adversaries are, are different than, you know, workplace adversaries, I sure. guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we get to see a different, you know, we're we saw her at a, almost like a vulnerable stage last season. And so I'm excited to see her almost at like the top of her game, you know, which we, which we saw in this episode. Agreed. Um, a bit. And I, I'm excited to see that. I'm not sure where she's supposed to be from, but I don't think it's Ireland or America anymore. 
I don't know exactly where it is anymore because it's oh my god if it, I'm just I'm ruined I am ruined now that I can hear that accent it's all I can hear and she's a wonderful actress she's oh, a she's phenomenal so good. actress Katie and, she, and, I, she was my M- I think she was like my MVP of the episode I love I will, what she did this episode. I will actually yes I think I will agree with you I think I, I have to agree with you. Normally, I give it to Kyler for for most episodes, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I I, th- I think I have to agree with you on that. And and she's a wonderful actress, uh, you know. But that accent, now that I hear it, I just have a hard time unhearing it. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's all my fault. <laughs> a little bit. It's, it's my fault. No, it's not my fault though. What? Cat 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 Grant being the press secretary for president marsden it's not your uh, fault but i would love to give you credit for it because it's fan freaking tastic and i am it here for it she she was always meant for great things as james said and here she is and i love that she's like no the president knows that the earth is is round and not flat like <laughs> she's know. so so upset at the stupidity of people yes. and now she now we get to watch her televised i and know one, I think it's a good position for Cat as a character, but I also like that this is something that this is this is a position that um that she can film. Um, oh my God, what's the actress's name? Help me out. Uh, Who plays Cat? Uh, you close to Flockhart. Close. Thank you. I was I was having a, a brain fart. This is something that Calista can film at home. You know, right. or in the studio, right? She can have exactly. to go to Vancouver, but we get exactly. we can have this infusion of Cat Grant in the background. Yes, exactly. Um, That's what I love about it. That's what I love. Yeah, about Yeah, and it. I re- I really like that. It could be a lot of Skype calls with Miss Grant. You know, uh, and I, I like that. I like that a lot. We also learned something that was really interesting that I didn't consider is that Snapper's on sabbatical. Yeah, that was kind of glossed over, huh? I think. Honestly, I think Snapper was like a oh, we need a new boss. Let's use Snapper Car that got him, and then realized eh, we don't actually need this character, or we don't know what to do with this character, and so and so you know it's just kind of yeah. like it's open to your return whenever we need you. Yeah, but we don't really need you. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it felt like. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if Ian Gomez, if we're gonna see Ian Gomez. You know, any more this season? I, I love Ian Gomez. He's a great actor, and so I would love to. See, I would love to see more of Snapper, and I'd love to see more of him. But yeah. I really don't. I really don't think that we're gonna. I think that's that was their way of like nope, and and we're done with that character. Yeah, it lived it lived its usefulness. Um, I, I suspect you're right. Yeah, yeah. So. So then we we get a staff meeting at Catco and James is like, okay, let's find out what's happening in the world sports. And you know the Metropolis Monarchs are, you know, the worst baseball team in history. Love that reference, and I love that. And and then and he's like, oh, crime. And then she's like, oh, crime is down. And the sports writer is like, blah 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm like, Shut up, sports writer. You're not crime. Stop talking Your about job- sport. Yeah, no, your job is sports. What are you doing talking about crime? Get out you of here, Steve Lombard. You don't know, know Steve Lombard there. Okay. Nope, nope. Um, but we all but we do learn in that meeting that Morgan Edge is uh, with intent to buy Catco. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was so. I I would have. I I got to be honest. I, I first sort of misheard it as he wanted to buy L Corp. Um, I just sort oh. of, I guess my brain just wanted to hear that. So I, I heard it that way. And I was thinking along those terms for like the whole, that whole act uh, until, 
Um, until a few minutes later, when it clicked for me, they said it again, and I was like, "Oh, oh, you said, oh, that's interesting." So that's that involves cat. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought not that well, was sort of, but yeah. not really. Yeah, I guess it does. Yeah. Um, do you think it was obvious that Lena was going to buy it from that moment? Um, kind of. Or at least when Kara went to her and was like, "Hey, can you? Yeah, can you um, help a bit?" Yeah, I I figured that's where we're headed. You know, it, it, I always do sort of wonder, like, are they faking us out, or is it going to be this, you know, this sort of clear cut? And in this case, it, it was that clear cut. You know, it's it's actually premiere episodes can be real fun that way because yeah. you don't really have much of it. Like, you have a baseline of like you understand what the show's about, but the the pilot or the the premiere of each season is the one that can trick you you know yes because it's their job to set up the season where it's going and so you can go any way you want to and the audience is going to have to follow you there because they don't have any information yet it's good um tis tis indeed we learn that car once she meets with lena we learn that car is kind of pushing everybody away you know all of her um you know all of her friends her family all of this all this stuff uh, because Lena's like, hey, let's let's do lunch or let's do brunch. Yeah, and Carl's yeah. like, oh, my God, I've been so busy not writing articles. I just can't even tell you how busy I've been. I got to go. Bye. Um, I don't like Moody Cara. I'm glad it's not sticking around. Um, I understand Moody Cara. And so this is what I'm going to get into right now so that we, we, we go to the DEO gang. Kind of go like, uh, you know, Kara's got to snap out of it, you know, and this and all, all this stuff. And almost like selfishly saying like, you know, Kara, get over yourself. You know, we miss we miss regular Kara. But it's it's Jean that says is it has the realistic view of, hey, grief doesn't have a time limit. You've got to you've got to give her this time because out of arguably everybody in the group has had some damage and problems whenever else but but jean probably has the most uh, along with Kara. you know concentration camps and losing his whole yeah. entire race yeah. you know like you know like arguably they've all had sadness but Kara and Kara and jean understand it from a much deeper a much deeper level Yep, and so I like his is the voice of reason, while everybody else is almost the audience. Like this, like, oh, Moody Car, you're just going to be like Moody Barry all season long, you know. Moody. I saw I saw several people make that comparison um, mm-hmm. on Twitter while we were live tweeting the show, and yeah, a lot of people are feeling that that Barry season three comparison of mm-hmm. just like Mopey Barry, you know, it's just going to be Mopey Kara all season. My, I suspect, no, I suspect by the time we get to the crossover that she will have snapped out of it. Um, I mean, she kind of snaps yeah. out of it even by the end of the episode. She started and, to. She started to, yeah. Yeah. So, but I, like showing up at the end and like being with the gang, Moody Barry would not have done that. True. True. That would have taken, yes. taken episodes. Showing up the alien, the the still un, unnamed the alien cantina, cantina bar. Yep. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that's true. That's true. That, that, mm. that was a sign that she was getting ready to move, move past things. But, um, you know, it's still, you would think it's still a, um, still a process and, uh, those feelings are going to take some time to shake. Feelings, such strong feelings. 
Okay, so I'm um, speaking of feelings. Alex is not really; she's not really down on the wedding. They're supposed to go to the little venue thing, yeah, which you know is super fun. You know this, you know, like go and eat all the, the food, tasting, and see the, the food bands tasting, and, and yeah, yeah, and all that stuff. And, and I mean, yeah, um, it can be fun, but if you have doubts about wanting such a giant wedding, it can be less fun. So, Did you actually think that she was having doubts about the wedding? No, not about. Th- going through with the wedding but about yeah, the I didn't, logistics around the wedding yeah i think we we were we as an audience were supposed to think that yeah i never thought um, that for a second and I, I didn't even enter my mind no until maggie was like are you do you want to get married and I was right like, oh yeah i can oh we're supposed no, to think would, that oops yeah <laughs> and i don't know if that's a fault of the show from like them conveying that particular feeling sure i think because I mean, that's not how she was feeling. I think it's that we, as an audience, are so in on their relationship, like it's going sure. to work. It's a great relationship, and so don't mess this up. Sure, it would feel out of character for her to be like, "I don't want to get married." Like from everything that we saw from last season, mm-hmm. that didn't it didn't feel right. Mm-hmm, I know mm-hmm. these characters better than that, and that would have that would have felt like a new writer coming and going. I don't know what to do here. It would have felt that um, way. You're right. Yeah, but yeah. fortunately, our writers are not that way, and they know their characters well. Yay! So, so we learn a little bit about blood sport. Um, yes, yes. This guy, Bobby, Bobby Dubois. Um, do you want me to tell you a little bit about him? Um, do you know this character at all? I know the character in name, uh, in in name only. Um, ha- has that character appeared in the last, say, you know, five years or so in, in DC Comics? I don't think um, so. Well, good question because there are three different blood sports. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, this one I think particularly is the first one. He first appeared in 1987. He was a John Byrne creation. Um, ah, he, was a guy obsessed with, he was a guy obsessed with the Vietnam War, got some kryptonite bullets from Lex Luthor, went on a rampage, you know, the the usual, nothing super fancy. Got it, got it, okay. And, and, and there are two more after that, the latest one being written by Jeff Johns. Um, so he's a, f- a fairly recent, the third version is a fairly recent character, but they're not really connected to one another okay. hugely. Um. So he was. This one is particularly just more like we're gonna take the name and go go team. Got it. Got it. Which is fine. Not a character. I don't think many people don't necessarily have an affinity. Yeah, towards. yeah. So that makes sense. Interesting. That's a John Byrne character. Um, those characters. I I can see that being like a fitting of a, a fitting thing there in the, the early days of the Superman reboot post crisis. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agreed. Um. So. So Kara has this meeting with, well, Kara's hunting down Bloodsport, basically, and he gets away again, and Kara gets beeped. Yeah. Paged. Uh, and and so she so she goes to James, and he's like, hey, where's that article? And she's like, I was being Supergirl. And he's like, well, you also have a job, and you have to do that job. And I'm not sure if... James was doing this because he felt it would be good for her or he really needed the article. But either way, I I tend to I, I kind of on his side for this. Like she is I, I wrote it here and then she ended up saying it later in the episode that um that she can't that Kara can't handle being Kara Danvers because it's too painful. Mm-hmm. And so she has chosen to just be Supergirl yeah. without really telling anybody such things. 
Um, and so, which is something I think we've seen. It's a it's a superhero trope, you know, life one life on one side of the mask or the costume or on the other side gets too painful. They regress to the other side. Right. Sure. You know, being Supergirl gets too painful. She backs away and becomes Kara Danvers. Um, you know, being Spider-Man becomes too hard. Peter Parker drops the costume and becomes yes, Peter Parker. Yes, yes, yeah. You know, you know, we, we've seen it happen over and over and over again. But I liked that James was there to kind of be like. Hey, yeah, that's that's nice, but like you you have to turn this in. This is responsibility on a different level. Like you have to turn this in because other people also are relying on you to get this done. Right. So even if it's not saving a truck from, you know, going over a bridge or whatever, like this is also important. And I hope this season actually kind of explores that balance, like how do you justify how do you justify writing an article when you know there's a volcano exploding somewhere you know and yep why is the volcano more important than the article that you're writing um there's an interesting dynamic that i hope the season explores i what do you I, think i completely want to prompt you, on you that. for yeah, questions i think <laughs> i think that um i think that we are on to a, an interesting start here with a villain um well, with with a villain like Bloodsport that we've we, we saw in this episode, with a peek ahead at uh, sort of an introducing of a new character um, that we'll cover off on uh, in a few minutes, um, I think we are off on an interesting direction here in in lots and lots of ways. I think there are some themes we can discuss, uh, but I think that the uh, appearance of of this character and a couple other characters um, is sort of signaling a change in direction in the show that I am very very interested for. Okay, that's a thank you for that answer. Now yes. on to our next contestant. Okay, um, interesting. I don't know if this is something from this season that I I've picked up, but anytime they were characters were in the DEO, they did not refer to Kara at Supergirl as Kara at any point. There was a oh, clear distinction between Supergirl. I've told Supergirl. Supergirl's hearing. Supergirl will find the super super. Like when anybody was around, nobody said. Kara and I wonder if that is some kind of push like some kind of like you know like we have to separate we have to separate Kara from the DEO yeah. because it looks like everybody in the world knows who her it secret does. identity is or, it does look it, that way we've joked about it so many times over the mm-hmm. especially last season um well and, even when she said like people there's that episode like oh who knows your identity she's like the DEO yes you know, that's but, right that's right yeah <laughs> right you know but not being specific enough like we don't know what that means exactly so I wonder right. if this is like a conscious decision to say like when it's at the DEO you will only refer to her as Supergirl because people she still has a secret identity yep totally totally I, I, I think I think you're onto something there I think that is uh, I think that's what it is I, I think she is they're they're making an effort to separate her identities uh, like they do on you know in in any sort of superman um property we always get that separation of like when he is in his superman costume whatever even the people around him who know who he is tend to just call him superman when he's in costume except Mm -hmm. for maybe lois in some comics um typically if he's in costume he everyone around him is calling him superman referring to him as superman um uh, you know, and so it 
it kind of makes sense that they would follow suit here. It took took them a little bit to get around to it, but I think that they realized too many people knew the secret identity and they needed to, mm-hmm. you know, clamp down on that a little bit. So I I, I admire that. I uh, tip my hat to that. I think that's a good decision. I I definitely agree. Um, so we we then learned that you know edges. Uh, Morgan Edge is planning to buy Catco so he can basically turn editorial against L Corp. Yes. Um it you know, it's not it's not he's using a tiny bit of I don't know, vendetta against James to get a full vendetta going against uh, against Lena. Yep. Um it's pretty pretty sinister. Uh yeah. Um, yeah. But somebody who buys, you know, the media the media to uh, for their own personal gain is something that we can relate to heavily in 2017. I I think. Yeah. Um. You know that's how you say people believe what they read, and I laughed to my I laughed out loud because like, people don't read. Oh my! <laughs> they God. believe the headline that they read and yes, then scroll past right. on their phone. That's right. What a what a world we're living yep. in. Where people are reading the articles that Catco is writing. Crazy, right? Uh, crazy, crazy. Um. So then. Uh, so then. You know, Lena goes away um, and Bloodsport comes in and Morgan's like, ha my evil plan is working. Let me drink this Shirley Temple or whatever it is. <laughs> like, what the was Shirley his Temple drink? of fate. Did you see? It was like this, like, it looked like Gatorade, but it was supposed <laughs> to be an alcoholic drink, like a like a like a watered down red Gatorade. And I was like, I don't know what he's supposed to be drinking right now, but it looked good. Or look terrible. I mean, it didn't look bad. I mean, whatever. Um, it's it's for the rich only kind of uh, drink, yes. I guess. Yes. Um, Lifestyles so are rich and famous. Indeed. So Alex goes to confront Kara, and I think both of them make good points. Right. Where I agree. I agree. It wasn't. It wasn't cut and dry. There were they both. There was kind of they were, they had each of them had valid points. I don't. I mean. Alex's are almost like you could almost call Alex's points before she said them, right? Oh, like yeah. you kind of they were very consistent with their character. Gonna, you right, very consistent with the character. You knew where they were going to be. Kara makes good points because it's something we tend not to think about. Yes. You know, even though like even though she was raised on Earth from an adolescent onwards, whatever, she spent 12, 13 years, you know, as a kid like those on Krypton, 13 years on Krypton, and those years are so important to your development that we forget that she sometimes like shouldn't think like a human. Right. That she is Kryptonian first. Yes. You know, that is actually who she is. Yes. Um, and so she's adopted some things about human culture, but like she's taking it to an extreme, but typically speaking, Kryptonians are a little colder. Yeah. Than you know, like classic comics, like Kryptonians are a little colder than humans are. You know, that's part of the reason that Jarrell sends um, uh, Kal-el to Earth to begin with is you know they have you know this warmth and dignity and hope within them, and you're going to help foster that. Maybe it's something that that's the reason that Krypton went kablooey because kryptonians lack that kind of empathy in some ways um and so i i think it's interesting for her to you know to to really lean into that i think she's leaning into it as a crutch certain you know that she doesn't she might not necessarily 
actually may believe it herself, but it's convenient for her to believe it right now because she's in pain. And so it's, you know, it makes her feel better. Right. Yeah. I I think there is a little bit of that where she is sort of leaning on that a a little bit emotionally, but you're everything you just said. I, I couldn't agree more. Like she, you know, she, she's coming at it from a Kryptonian point of view. She's kind of learned, you know, all, all, you know, to compare the Kryptonians and say the Vulcans would be a little bit of a harsh comparison because the Vulcans are on another okay. level, but there is some level of similarity there um, where they are much more science focused, much less emotional focused. Um, they don't, you know, the Kryptonians don't eschew emotion like the Vulcans do, but there is some level of, of similarity there, at least in many um, interpretations of the Kryptonians. Now, in the the version of the Kryptonians we've seen in this show, that's arguable. But my point is, um, we have seen that things were different on Krypton. She has a lifetime of catching up to do because, unlike Kal-El, she has memories of her old civilization, her old, mm-hmm. you know, entire society, um, the, and she has to live with those memories, and she has to somehow reconcile her life up to age 12 or 13 and then her life since then. Um, and, and, and that makes for some different difficult things, especially when it comes to dealing with things like heavy emotions, like this situation, um, where this is hard to deal with, even if you are a well-adjusted, you know, human yeah, adult, definitely let alone if you are sort of learning how to deal with these emotions, um, later after a traumatic experience, like the one she's had. Definitely. And she makes a really good point. Like he didn't die. You know, she like I literally sent him to like, I don't know where he is, which is someplace which to her and maybe rightly so is worse than death. Right. Because he could be dead. He could be in danger. The unknown is way more fearful. The fear of the unknown. Yeah. And so. So, yeah, I, you know, for considering all of that, I think she's handling it okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, I would you know, say because, so. Because, you know, like, the worst thing that she's doing is wanting to be alone, really. You know, like, really. I mean, a little bit of self-destruction on Cara Danvers' side of things. But um, but the group, for the most part, kind of understands, even if they don't like it, they're trying to help her. But she's not, like, beating criminals to a pulp, kind of not handling it well. Uh, and that's that shows a lot of strength from her her part whether she's doing that intentionally or not right right she is she is doing well when she is supergirl she is doing well and and there is interesting interesting things to be said there where that is she is fully embracing that cloak of that identity and letting it be everything it's meant to be letting it be sort of the shining beacon the best that there is while in her personal life things are sort of falling apart she's mm-hmm. able to separate that from you know her let's call it her job uh and yeah. and let that remain as it's supposed to be and be the idealistic beacon it's meant to be yeah indeed um so so they they go to this girl of steel unveiling mm-hmm, day mm-hmm. right and looking for blood sport and it's jean's turn now to talk to Kara. and i think this is the wisest I think this is the wisest one. You know, everybody's coming at it from different angles. But I said before that Jean understands her grief in a way that other people do not. Um, and so I think he he's the one that comes the closest to kind of cracking, like cracking through the like the thick skin or the mentality that she's holding on to right now. 
um, because and she understands that he understands, which is which is important. Um, but and I I liked that scene quite a bit. You can always rely on John for that kind of thing. Um, we also learned that Alex is fully ready to get married. She doesn't want a big wedding. That's I don't it. think her her reasoning was dumb for not telling Maggie. Like you're you're worried about so much, and I'm like, well, well, okay, yeah. I don't okay. know. I mean, there's that- something you know. Like she's allowed to not want a giant wedding, but they also no, should no, be- no, 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 no. I no, no, no. I uh, it's fine that she doesn't want a big wedding. I think her reason for not telling Maggie That's was it. dumb. Like they should be able to communicate about such things. I would think right. if they want to get married. If anything, I'm worried about their communication level. Yes, than Agreed. anything else. Yeah. Um. But I, I like she doesn't want a big wedding because her dad's not going to be there to walk her down the aisle. Everyone saw that she was going to ask John. Everyone you know, knew that. Come on. Everyone knew. Everyone knew. I mean, actually, I was watching with Palmer, and and he was like, um, like you know, Jean, I'd like to ask you to walk me down the aisle as my father in the form of Jeremiah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Which he could I, just shapeshift. And, oh, that'd be which, so mean. Oh, my it God. It would so mean. Like, you, you know, this father figure, this other man that basically cared for me and raised me and, and what are all this important stuff for me. Yeah, I'm going to also need you to look like my real dad. Thanks. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> that would be awful. <laughs> you know him. You can just, can you just so, do that? Could you, you, know, yeah. you know what he looks like? Yeah. Um, Here's a picture. It's great. So, so Alex and Maggie, you know, reconcile over their earpieces, which which was to- so them, so them, so them, and and the people around them in that crowd, um, watching like just one of them individually having that conversation must have been really funny. Like, who is she talking to? Why is she getting so? Why is she so choked up? Why is she? What is happening? Who is she? Mm-hmm. Who is she? Who is she talking to? What's happening? I, I know, unbelievable. So funny. Um, I really, I did like Wynn's little like, oh, you two are my favorite couple. I know. <laughs> Wynn, get off I, the comms. I did think it was like, everybody's listening to them. I felt that too. Everybody's listening. Anyway, um, so we get our first introduction to Rain and her daughter uh, at this moment. Right, you you understood that I did. Um, okay, yeah. That during the you just looked at you just looked at me like that was surprising information. Uh, you... No, no, no. I'm trying to remember. Oh, Samantha. Her name is Samantha. I was trying yeah, to remember her okay. her human name because she doesn't know okay. she's rain yet. Um, I know, but yeah, Samantha is her name. I didn't remember that her name was Samantha. I was. So... That's why. I, that's the look of panic on my face was. I was like, "What's her name? I can't remember." Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, her her name is Samantha. Yeah. Um. You know, seemingly very nice lady. Yep. Good mom. I think that's sweet woman. I I think what's interesting in that we're going to watch this seemingly nice woman, whatever, descend to the level of supervillainy. Yeah, I want as opposed to just being secretly evil yeah. already. Um it's it's gonna be uh, hopefully I'm kinda hoping for like a Jack Torrance descent into madness mm-hmm. a la the shining kind of thing, like haunted by the ghosts in her dreams and you know, and then, you know, um unable you know, like so more of a sympathetic villain than we've gotten uh in the couple of years because uh, because the first season you're not really sympathetic you know right. you're kind of an evil person season two you're definitely not a sympathetic no. person nope. you know so i'm 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 curious to see how car is going to handle 
somebody who can't help but be cruel, I guess, or somebody who can't help the destruction. Right. Because that's a that's a different that's a different level of response than we're gonna than we she's used to having to give. She's trying to reach people who don't want to listen to her, but what right. if somebody literally can't listen to exactly. her? Or, you know, with, exactly. You know, how do you deal with that? What an what an interesting villain this is going to be if we're reading into this correctly. Agreed. If we're not, what a great way for the show to go. It's only season <laughs> it's only the first episode, guys. Get on this. Um so um Lena unveils this Supergirl statue. Pretty. Um, shiny. It's very shiny. I don't Okay, so not totally related, but a shiny statue like that, it's not going to be shiny very long, especially by the water. <laughs> that is whoever, true. Whoever, whoever decided on a shiny chrome statue, Bad idea. not a good idea. Bad idea. The maintenance nope. costs alone, guys. Yep. Should have gone for something. Should have gone for like a bronze or something like that. Would have would have held up longer. Yeah. Just, just saying. Yeah. Copper. Um, yeah. Such copper would have been good. Yeah. Copper would have been good. She would have been green after a little while. Okay. But that's okay. It's That is quite all right. Um, okay, so, um, Supergirl versus Submarine, because we get an invisible missile filed from an invisible sub, and everyone's like, oh my god, we're gonna die, um, and, um, and so we get Supergirl v. Sub. Yeah, and it, I mean, we witnessed, like, a legit terrorist attack here. You know, oh, yeah, like, very legitimate. A, a, a legit, I mean... I mean, an offshore I mean, firing onto a, a city from underwater, um, you know, fire like that. That's a legit terrorist attack in the middle of a, of a urban center um, where people are going about their day. Um, that's that was that was pretty serious. Like if that's if something like that happened oh, yeah. in our world, that would be major, major news. Like just to frame that, I feel like we can mm-hmm. sometimes get sort of lost in the destruction we see on tv and movies and things like that and sort of like oh okay yeah sure you know another city's getting destroyed but like really think about the impact that has um i totally what a new story that would be this is a big a major thing supergirl was intervening here in oh totally totally agree um that being said the shots of her underwater fighting a submarine were super cool gorgeous shots the vfx throughout this episode were gorgeous and that these were no exception good you're right well Premiere always better, right? You know, yeah, they always allocate huge. a little extra budget to the premieres mm-hmm. and finales. Totally, yeah. Yep. Um, we also get so Rain's daughter gets Samantha. I should say Samantha's daughter gets trapped under some, you know, some debris, some rubble, and she does super mom strength mm. to save her. She's like, "Oh my god, what is what is this feeling so sudden in you?" Um, <laughs> Did you get uh, the feeling they were teasing that Supergirl would come in with swoop in and save? The daughter? Not not in the slightest, uh, actually. I 100%, as soon as I saw her trapped, I was like, "She's that daughter's either going to die, which is going to start the descent, right. or she's going to discover superpowers while trying uh, to lift see, this See, I thought of either the, da- the daughter would die or, or Supergirl would, would come in and save the day. I thought it'd nope. be like the starting the vendetta of like, you let my daughter die. You know, I thought that might uh, be where we're no. going. Well, I had read interviews that it was going to be interesting to see a supervillain also be a single mom. And like that kind of thing. So like I didn't sure. really expect her daughter to die. Um, I I really I was really expecting for like in times of great trauma, your powers will emerge. Right, 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 right. You know, sure. That old chestnut. Which is where we ended up. Indeed. It's exactly where we ended up. Um, 
So Supergirl saves the day. She stops the sub, her lifting it over her head and just like floating with it above her head while everyone's like, woo, Supergirl was amazing. 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 Classic. Classic. Classic Supergirl. Um, A classic move by Lena. She also buys Catco to stop Morgan Edge from buying it. Um, That's scoundrel. And. I know, and and Carr's like, well, good luck with that because I don't work there anymore. And he's like, no, I need you to work there. I don't know anything about anything about <laughs> media. Like, I did this for you, so please, please you have to do stick this. around because I need you to show me the way. Please, that's what best friends do. Right? Oh, favorite- right. That's right. She did say yeah. that. She called out the best yeah. friend thing. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite part about all of this, Lena was. Um, in the words of Chris Trayer, literally, literally, the, literally, Kara's only friend, yes, who was not work related. That is true. Literally, every all of her friends are either family or she works with that them. That is They're also so true. Her colleagues. That's her entire and now, circle. Her entire circle. So now the only friend that was not related to work, I mean, apart from interviews or whatever, but actually not like a colleague in any way is now her boss that's so true oh my god i didn't even think about that wow what I a poisonous know. circle she has. i know so she can bad. never not be talking about work or family like bs nope she can't do it but <laughs> what's interesting about that is that lena being her boss creates a really interesting dynamic um you know because now your best friend is your boss but who doesn't really know anything about the world that she's the boss of? Is she going to like the way James conducts business? Like it's, this is very interesting. It's on now. What an inter- yeah. This is a very interesting dynamic we're setting up here. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. Um, where all this is leaving leading. I should say, Yeah, I agree. I agree. This is like, imagine if uh, just, just imagine that if your best friend was your, was suddenly your boss. That's crazy. And you had to like crazy navigate those waters sort of in reverse. It's tough. That's a tough gig. Um, so so Morgan Edge kind of barges in. He's like, blah, 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 Morgan Edge, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and Supergirl takes him to scare him, you know, like turning the line. You have all of my attention, you know, uh, which I thought that interplay between that, you know, that motif, all my attention between Lena and Morgan and now Supergirl was really, really well, well played. Um, and she just leaves him on a barge, which was great. Just leaves him there, which was like so sort of like pulp Superman of like, here, I'll leave you on this mountaintop and you can climb down and turn yourself into the authorities and think about what yep. you've done. <laughs> this sort of like, I'm going to be a huge pain in the ass here. Have fun. Yep. Get back to civilization. See ya. Yeah. I just like, it's like whenever like, or like whenever Batman's like hanging somebody upside down mm, from a skyscraper mm, mm, mm-hmm. and he just like, he's like, okay, I got the information I need. And then he just leaves. And they're like, like how uh, am I supposed to get down? You tied me up. I, my, that blood's rushing to my head. That's I- classic. That's classic superhero. I mean, Spider-Man doesn't. Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, sure. He grabs Donald Glover to the the car, the trunk, and he's like, no, you're a bad guy. You deserve yeah, it. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so, so good. True. I love that stuff. Oh, um, so, so we get a bit of a, a glimpse of a ship underwater. Um, yeah. Uh, and what do you think that's what do you think that's all about? Uh, my guess is it's rain. Ship I think it's rain. And, yeah, I think it's rain related. I think that's. And it's it's activated because her powers became activated. Exactly, exactly. Uh, that's mm-hmm. exactly what I think. Because <laughs> uh, the, the correlation there, the correlation there is that 
once she sort of became awake, that's when the when the ship woke up too. So I think that's there is something to there's a connection there. Indeed, indeed. So so then we get the we talked about this already, but Alex asked John to walk down the aisle. Um, as her father figure, what I really like is that he started to cry. He was that moved by it. Yes, they started to cry. I know. And then she's, and then she said, "Don't like cry because I'm going to start to cry, and that you can't cry because everyone here will know we actually can cry," which I thought was an amazing line. Um, um, you do you agree with me that I it was do. an amazing line? It was okay, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful line. Absolutely agree. It was fantastic. Good. Good. I'm wonder- I'm glad you think you that. You are wonderful. Um, you should know that. So, oh, thank you so yeah. much. Um, you're pretty good. Kara rejoins Catco, you know, by basically sending Lena a text message that was like, see you See you tomorrow, boss. boss. <laughs> like, yep. oh, okay. Awkward. Yeah. Um, but, like, doesn't tell James, which I think is really funny. <laughs> no. It's like, James will figure it out when I show up back to work. And he's like, good thing I didn't clear your desk out. JK, I, I did. So what's your Kara desk? Womp womp. <laughs> Whoops. Um, but then she also goes to hang out at the bar, which is where this, you know, 43 minutes of somber attitude, you know, one minute of I'm going to make through this. It's yeah. it's going to be OK. I think like, she's not going to be like totally optimistic, but I think she is naturally chipper. Mm-hmm. And so no matter like it is, it would be totally against her character to be remote through this. That's season. right. That's right. Yep, that's right. No and, I'm, what, and I'm glad yeah. that they they came to that at the end of this episode, and and that hopefully we'll start episode two um, with a little happier Kara. And you know, I I think it would it would make sense to see her um, sort of slowly turn back into her old self. I I, I would like to I would almost like to see that uh, see a sort of a gradual return to um, the Kara that we all know. But you know, I, it seemed like she was on the mend at the end of this episode, mm-hmm. and, and that we'll likely be seeing her. On the road to being her old self again. On the road again. Sing it with me, Frank. Just can't wait to get on, on the road, road again. again. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah. Um, so then we get we go back to this dream sequence, you know, this dream Krypton. Yes. And Allura. Um, she's very alluring. She's very alluring. And she turns around and does a Bilbo ring grab face thing. <laughs> yeah. you, know t- <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I, I actually <laughs> do know what you're talking about. I saw enough of Fellowship of the King of the Ring to uh, yeah, yeah. to know uh, that reference. Yeah. Yep. There you go. That, yeah. that was like she turns around. I was like, oh, my God, it's Bilbo. I was, no, just kidding. I was it's calling Allura. it her zombie face, but that's that's actually very, very appropriate what you said. Yeah, it's her. It's her Bilbo ring face. Yeah, yeah. Ring grab that's fa- good. Bilbo's ring grab face. Um, and we learn it's Samantha's dream. It's Rain's dream. So, which begs the question of how how are Kara and Samantha? Linked? How are they connected? Because because they're sharing the same mental dreamscape same in some way. Brain. Um, you know, maybe it's it, I don't know, but there's got to be there's something more than just she also comes from Krypton because um because it's it's. Like why one? Why would Rain be dreaming about Allura, but one that turns gross and evil, evil or whatever? So there's a lot of questions like in that in that one like two sec like that segment uh, segment of of the episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so th- this episode unpacking it even kind of briefly as we did had so much meat on the bones it really does um, yeah i think we're, we're being teased with a lot for the rest of the season right up, up front here 
Yeah, this was this is a really this is a really strong start to season three, and I think it's a really strong start to the air uh, to the Arrowverse as a whole. You know, yeah. because Supergirl leads the way, and we'll get Flash and Legends tomorrow, and then Arrow on Thursday. So, but if 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 Supergirl is indicative of the the caliber of premieres that we're going to get through the rest of the Arrowverse, like we're in for, I think we're in for a good season. Agreed. Agreed. Across the board. Yeah. Um, one thing here, I'm looking up Rain's article um, on the the DC Comics wiki, and yeah. uh, uh, in, in terms of what the connection might be, this is speculation here. This is based in in what her comic book origins are. So you know, take it with a grain of salt, guys. If you're spoiler averse, this is not a spoiler for the show necessarily. Um, this is more uh, the history of the character. Rain and four other world killers were created by Zor El who later mm-hmm. came to regret his part in the creation of those bloodthirsty, super-powerful monsters, Zorel obviously being Kara's father. Um, Rain and her partner survived Krypton, but her origin remained a mystery even to her. All she knew about herself is her name and her being a world killer, and uh, Krypton and Earth hold the answers to her origin. So, um, you know, being created by Zorel, there could be a connection there with the House of El, and she may have some negative thoughts or feelings about Allura, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And that may be what was manifesting itself there. But it's hard to say. It really could be um, any number of, of, of things there, but that's at least her comic book origin. Um, for for a start, um, very very interesting the way that they've planted that seed. I wasn't necessarily expecting to see her right from from the first episode. I thought maybe she'd show up episode two or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad that we're starting right from the start and we're headed headed right down that path and and you know into the the um, what we expect will be the sort of big bad for the whole season. Yep, I yeah, it's it's gonna be great. It is gonna it's be great. Gonna, it's gonna be great. great. Listen, uh, before we wrap things up here, I want to say a quick word. Um, you know, we are starting this season uh, with uh, we're we're not taking on any sponsors at the moment, but we are asking all of you to uh, help us out and uh, to, to do two things. Um, you know, it, the easiest, simplest thing you can do is to check out uh, this uh, survey that we're doing right now, which is at podprofile.com slash supergirl. Uh, and you can fill out the survey and that'll sort of help us understand who our listeners are uh, and uh, understand what what exactly all of you are interested in and, and things like that. It is confidentiality is, is of course important to us so you don't have to worry about that it's about a 90 second survey i actually timed it um so head on over to podprofile.com slash supergirl it's free it'll take a minute and a half of your time and it will help us immensely um to get a handle on who all of our listeners are and to make the show better uh for all of you so um please check that out when you have a second the other thing you can do is of course check us out at uh patreon patreon.com slash stop up audio where you can support this show uh, i will be back doing my um five minute recaps at the end of every episode as soon as a new episode of supergirl drops i will be online within minutes uh with my my quick first reactions uh, right every every episode um and we'll be doing other special episodes uh, of this show of beer with geeks and of academy rewind that you'll get of course you'll also get uh episodes of beer with geeks and academy rewind in advance uh before anyone else gets to hear them over at patreon.com slash audio so please do make sure to check us out there uh, and of course, there's all the ways to contact us. You can email us supergirltvtalk at gmail.com uh, or you can tweet at us at TV Supergirl. In fact, Natalie just tweeted at us. This is some real time follow up uh, during the episode. She tweeted at us and said, uh, 
she she sent us a picture and said, "This is so me. Please explain in podcast." And the picture uh, is a screenshot that says, "It's still it's season three, and I still don't know what pot stickers are." So, Natalie, you said this is so you. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to I wanted to help you out there, and you asked that we we respond on podcast, and I am more than happy to do that for you. Pot stickers are dumplings. Pot stickers are uh, typically Chinese, sort of filled, you know, half moon shaped dumplings. Usually, the kinds that are pan fried or uh that kind of thing so pot stickers or dumplings and Kara loves 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 pot stickers um i loved that part where alex mentioned that part of the tasting they were going to be doing they were going to be pot stickers and that and that Kara should please please come uh and uh that was that was that was very very funny to me so um do you want to get into some speculation and and talk about the trailer uh, I can definitely talk about next week's trailer. I don't have much in the way of speculation. It's maybe a little early, okay. but okay, sure. um, I can definitely talk about next week's trailer since you did the whole wrap up. That was very nice of you. Um, okay, so trailer. Psy is coming to National City. Psy. Psy. Uh, P-S-I. Mm-hmm. Psy is one of, uh, it is a very powerful telepath, um, one that John Jones should maybe be afraid of yeah um, being a telepath Mm -hmm. himself and it looks like she's gonna be preying on people's worst fears because we're nearing halloween and why not exactly yeah i I think that is kind of the tip of the hat to halloween i guess we'll see if we get something a little more on the nose in like a zatanna or something but i don't think we're getting that um from what we know no 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 um well i mean um fear fear is crippling so Correct. it's it's a good it's a good way to go. Um so but the tra- honestly the trailer didn't really show us a lot. Um No, so it was pretty high level. Yeah, we know we know Sai is coming it, and she is going to be dangerous from the look of the way she's flinging car across the city and but that's that's pretty much all we know. So I'm looking forward to it. I didn't think that we Sai um is technically already in the Supergirl TV universe because of the Supergirl comic, the digital first comic by Sterling Gates. Sai was already in that. Um so I'll be curious. I'm actually really curious if if this um injured will I I'm curious if it will rent for, uh, reference that or not. Right. Right. Yes. You know, I, like, I am curious oh, if this will tie back before. to that or not. Yeah. 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 If if they'll reference that in in terms of continuity, I wonder if they'll reference it in terms of um, having there be similarities in the way the character is presented or in any you know sort of story or plot points uh, being in any way similar. Um, it remains to be seen. I know that um, you know Sterling Gates is is on the writing staff this season. Um, yes, he is. But we don't. Yet, it doesn't look like he wrote um, this upcoming episode that was written. written the upcoming episode was written by uh, Gabrielle Lanas and Anna Anna Muskie Goldwyn. Um, oh, good. Also, also seasoned writers. writers. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it doesn't look like we have a Sterling episode, at least not with his name on it, um, just yet. Um, but we'll see. They may still make references to his continuity and that sort of thing. Uh, we know that his run uh, on Supergirl has been an inspiration for a lot of these stories and a lot of the sort of concepts and things. So um, it'll be interesting to see, interesting to see if he uh, has an uh, influence on this stuff. Right. Right, indeed. Do you have any, so. any other thoughts or anything that you didn't want to touch on during the main body? Um, things that were potentially spoilery or anything like that? You know, not really. Actually, I pretty much touched on everything that I I wanted to. 
Um, they did mention the Guardian very briefly. Kara mentioned him, so I guess we're getting more Guardian this season. So right. I'm curious how that how that's going to play in. Uh, we don't really have an idea of what maybe Wynn's storyline is going to be. We got a hint at Maggie's family troubles, which we know are going to be coming up right, right, right. Um, in a couple of episodes. So there's some there's some groundwork being laid, um, you know, for some characters and not and not for others. But but there's really nothing terribly like, ooh, what's going to happen? We got a general lane, you know causing trouble again so maybe we'll see maybe we'll see the uh um omega omega hedron yeah 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 maybe we'll see like that's that's a line we have not seen since season one uh-huh. so do you think maybe we'll see some maxwell lord some general lane stuff Dude, again i would love me some maxwell lord to come back i would freaking yeah. love that i'd be all over that yeah. um I, me too. i've been kind of beating that drum since season one but we'll see I, my question for you is how do you rank this premiere against the other two premieres? Um, ooh, good question. Well, the 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 pilot episode is quite strong. Um, mm-hmm. in some in some regards, uh, particularly when it comes to like the plane save and sure. you know the costume montage and <laughs> sure. there's real energy and fun to the to the to the pilot. That certainly that this this one be based on where she is in her life right now isn't necessarily as fun. Yep. Um, and last season's opener was Superman, if I remember correctly. You are correct. Which is a whole different kind of level of excitement for comic fans such as ourselves. So I think this was this was a very, very strong episode. I'm going to say probably not as good as the season two opener, but better than the pilot. Better than the pilot. Interesting. Interesting. I would say it's better than the pilot. That submarine stuff was really good. Yeah. Like I, I really, really loved the way All that right. was shot. All right. Um, and I think her like holding that submarine over her head shows you just how far she's come from that pilot with the plane. All right. You know, as she like barely gets it into the water Ooh, safely, Hey, you know, and then she like crawls on top of it and then flies away. But now we've got her literally holding something the same size that was causing destruction over her head. Like it's nothing. I think you're onto something um, there. I think you're onto something there. I think that is like a key, key takeaway um, from all of this. I think you're so, so right. And it's something that I didn't really, didn't really dawn on me while I was watching the episode, but you are so on percent right that she has yeah. come so far in two years um and and yeah you're right you're right and they are showing us that in in, in a way and if you're really paying attention like you clearly are um something like that yeah. really really um sticks out so well done you yeah thank you thank you and so yeah i think because of character comfortability and where everybody is and story and action i think season three is better than season the season one premiere but there's something about Superman showing up and the two of them interacting together, just delightful. And understanding, and it was delightful. But but to to watch Superman on screen and not overpower her was an incredible feat of of writing and acting on everyone's part. Yeah. Um, it was an accomplishment like us, on the show's part. Yeah, because even us talking about him, we're like, Ooh, Superman is on screen. That's amazing. But it never distra- in the show. It never distracted from the fact that this was her show. Um, so right. And so 
And so I don't know. I'd have to watch. The, I haven't watched the premiere since since it premiered. I mean, I haven't watched season two premiere since it premiered. So I don't know. But I, I, I would. That was where I'd, I'd, I'd put it. Maybe just for the sense of fun that this, you know, because there's also a new network and we're seeing new sets and it was like a, a, a different. There was kind a lot happening. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a different kind of excitement that we necessarily wouldn't have going into the same sure. network again in season three. But, but I think the. I think the writing, I think, was actually it was tighter here. Yes. It was better. It was it was well crafted in a way that you know they were still kind of like running to catch up, maybe in season two. So I don't know. That's a tough question. I what think, do you think? I think I put this at. at I, th- I think the pilot is probably still my favorite premiere, but that's sort of you know biased, granted. But I think I put that in number one. Season one is number one. This is my number two, and then the season two premiere is my number three, which is hard for me to say. Mm-hmm. Having Superman in it, you know, is a redeeming factor. But I agree with you that in terms of the effects being phenomenal and the writing being really, really strong this episode. I, I find myself. Um, tell me if you agree or disagree. I find that third seasons of many shows tend to be where they really hit their stride and they really Definitely. come into their own. Um, I'm thinking of Smallville, obviously, but I'm also thinking of things like Friends or Will and Grace or that 70s show, mm. like or Scrubs. Um, all these shows of you know sort of different different types of shows. But once you kind of get into season three, you kind of nail down who some of the people are that are going to be sticking around. Uh, writers wise, cast wise, and they really get into a groove. Um, I agree. So there's something also about you know like that old adage of you know it takes three years or three your third year till your third year on the job to feel comfortable with it. You know sure. you know what you're doing year in and year out, and that's I think I think that that uh, that can apply here. That can apply here very well. It doesn't apply to everything. I think, like, say, if we're talking in this little insular universe, season three of The Flash is not as good as the first or second season. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so it doesn't. It doesn't always apply. So I'd be I'd be hesitant to say that this is going to be the best season ever. But I I know what you mean when you can. People understand a show by season three, yeah. certainly. Yeah. There is huge potential, anyway, for this show to um, really soar to new heights, if you will, um, like it hasn't before. Mm. There's that potential. Oh, I will. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited for season three because um, they've set it up really well. Uh, this staff, these writers, this cast, this crew are amazing. Uh, and mm-hmm. we've got a lot of fun stuff uh, ahead of us to talk about, to... to um, fun things like our, you know, last season we 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 cut a single last season. Tim, you and I, we we sang. Yeah, we did. Oh my god, I forgot we about that. We cut a single, so <laughs> it only remains to be seen what can what can lie ahead in season three here of Supergirl TV Talk. But we're super pumped oh. um, to have you guys along with us. And of course, you know, be sure to check out uh, all of our shows at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Um, especially the two new shows we've launched since the last time we talked Supergirl, which are Academy Rewind, uh, where Tim, you and Palmer sit down each week or every couple of weeks, rather fortnightly. And uh, For, we are fortnightly podcast. That were, is correct. You were on a, a an epic journey to uh, watch every Emmy uh, Oscar nominated film uh, for Best Picture and uh, and judge whether the right movie was picked each year for best picture it's a very very a noble undertaking that you guys are doing uh so thank you yeah you thank have you. that it's been and, it's been quite fun it's yeah. been quite fun so yeah. far you, you i've watched a, a lot of you've movies you've watched in a, a short lot of movies of man 
you've watched uh, all the way back to 1939 at this point um, in, in yep, episodes so that far. Have, yeah yeah so uh, and you can get those at thehubbleaudio.com you can also get Hate Watch with us, uh, which is uh, the first show that's joined the network um, as an existing show. And that's a really super fun and funny and smart show with Kirstie and Kelsey, who are just these phenomenally intelligent, hilarious women who we admire so, so much and so proud and happy to have them on the network um, with us because they just uh, they are so good at what they do they recently did a star wars episode that uh will just leave you cracking up and also thinking really really hard about the all the meaning behind everything in the star wars universe so highly recommend that indeed anyway indeed i think it's about time that we wrap this this i think so i think so my friend well thank you for joining me on this season premiere tim it was so so good to have you in tow season three premiere season three season three Yes, indeed. Well, I think until next time then. Up, up, and away!